You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Welcome to episode 54 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this, we thank you as always for making us a part of your Destiny experience. I am Groot. Uh, actually, my name is Jorge. And my name is David. And I'm Jordan. And make sure that you guys are checking all the other podcasts available here on the Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Make sure to get involved with us by sending us questions at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. On today's show, Destiny 2 is on track for a fall release per the Activision earnings call. Destiny Hotfix 2.5.0.2 with no changes to artifacts. McFarlane Toys is heavily hinting at Destiny Figurines toys to be released in 2017. And Fireteam Chat Podcast episode 100 came and went with approximately 60 images of concept art from the inception of Destiny as an idea. First off, let's go ahead and talk about it. The Activision's earning call. Destiny 2, as we mentioned, is on track for a fall release. And per Kotaku, there are three Activision studios that are working with Bungie on Destiny 2. We already know that Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios are working on Destiny 2. But this is the first time that we've heard of a third company that is working on Destiny 2. In addition to the earnings call, which stated that Destiny 2 was on track for a fall release, there are a plethora of rumors that are starting to come out. Recently, there was a rumor stating that Destiny 2's name was Forge of Hope, where the Cabal would invade the tower, and our job was to retake the city, ending with us fighting the Cabal Emperor. Now, a lot of that was based on the Mega Bloks toys, which was very, very easy to ascertain that it may have been a real rumor. However, Jason Schreier quickly shut that down, by linking over to a Twitter from a Bungie employee stating that Forge of Nope. So that's pretty much a rejection of that rumor. So guys, Destiny 2 on track for a fall release. There are a whole bunch of side notes that were mentioned by Kotaku indicating that if Destiny 2 wasn't released in the fall, that Activision would get a large portion of Bungie stock. However, Bungie's kind of denying that, but there are rumors or words going on that no, this is in fact true. But in addition to that, if they don't release Bun uh, Destiny 2 in the fall, 
they don't get a giant paycheck. So what are your guys' thoughts on not only the rumors, but more importantly, the Activision's earning call? Well, the earnings call, let me start with this one. The earnings call um, in regards to the stock option stuff, that's someone misinterpreted uh, what's going on there because it would hit no company. I mean, Activision owns Bungie. So to some degree, it doesn't necessarily make sense for uh, Activision to get additional stocks in Bungie. They already own Bungie. What does mm, that, what does that even mean? They don't, they don't, they don't own, own Bungie. Are you sh- they, what, they're their what, publisher. So they, right. they pay for all the publishing rights and pay for okay, a lot yeah, of the production, sorry, yeah. but they don't okay, own Okay, so own it. is a, yeah, okay. So they, that just, but that still wouldn't happen. That just, it doesn't make sense. I don't think Bungie would ever sign an agreement to that effect. I think what, I think what someone misinterpreted is that Bungie's employees probably get a stock incentive uh, for releasing Destiny 2 on time and hitting mm-hmm. their marks. That's, that's probably what, what they misinterpreted so yeah I, I bet you if they if they were to miss destiny 2 uh this year then they probably would have lost out on a paycheck basically yeah um i understand what you're saying there that's definitely a good point that was misinterpreted uh jason schreier did do like an update to his article where he said something a little similar to that he said kotaku might have gotten it wrong but that there were multiple sources that had said this to him, so he was going back to fact check. Um, with regards to all the rumors and stuff, I mean, the one that came out on Reddit, the big one that had people like happy and going crazy for a couple hours before Bungie employees started tweeting about it, um, it was basically just plays on everything we already knew um, and had rumors about. Forge of Hope was just a rumor twist on the Forge of the Gods thing. You had all the stuff that had really been covered from the toys, um, the Mega Block sets, like Jorge said. So that yet yeah, th- there wasn't too much substance to that, and leaking the entire plot line is essentially what was going on as well. Which is just that's never going to happen. You know, it doesn't matter what the Bungie employee is no Bungie employee wants to leak the plot line because they put so much into this game that they're not just gonna decide they're gonna leak it like way before the game's even truly announced so yeah I think it was just people playing on the hype of um, the Activision earning calls and wanting to get views on their reddit page or something I don't know how reddit works but that's what it seemed like to me uh, with regards to the earnings call, it's awesome to see that Destiny 2 is on track for some time in 2017. We still don't know exactly when it will release, um, but I'm happy with that. And yeah, that's all I got to say on the manor. Um, it was basically what we expected or hoped for with them just saying it was on track. And that's always good news. Yeah, I think maybe right. E3, they'll probably be dropping a ton on us. I think so. Dropping a load on us. Dropping a big fat load all over our greasy faces. Oh, my God. That went a little too far. Oh, uh, that's the line? That's the (laughs) line. I'm sorry. I am Groot. (laughs) I am Groot. Anyway, (laughs) um, I, 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 I didn't expect anything from the earnings call, to be honest. Earnings call are simply a communication to the investors. So no real game news normally comes out of these things. Um, it, it's basically 
Activision giving lip service to the people who pay for the stock and they have to communicate financial information. Kind of like what I mean they did there with the Call of Duty with Call of Duty where they mentioned it wasn't as profitable as previous entries in in the in the series. So I didn't expect gi- gigantic Destiny news. I wasn't expecting any art. I wasn't expecting anything beyond we're on track and blah blah blah. It was literally thirty seconds worth of time in the earnings call. That and now we are spending more time talking about that earnings call than they spent on the entire mention of Destiny. So it, it's about what I expected. Um, with regards to the rumors. A lot of these rumors, the second I see a rumor popping up, first thing I wait for normally is Jason Schreier to say something about it. Because if he mentions it, then chances are there's a big load of truth there. He's been pretty immaculate when it comes to Destiny. And he updates his stuff really, really quickly if there is a discrepancy or something. So it's it. I, I can't. When I'm reading all these rumors, I'm just like, we'll wait for it. And normally, February is not the time when we get news about the next game or next expansion. So we're, it's usually in like May or June or, or even in April before we even get like a Red Bull teaser or something like that. So I don't know. Let's move on to the next topic. Eh, it's a small little topic. Nobody really cares about this thing going on. <clears throat> Destiny Hotfix 2.5.0.2. You had to prepare yourself to sing that, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> the hotfix that didn't make sense. There's a lot of stuff that didn't make sense. There are stuff that do make sense, and we'll definitely jump into each one of them individually. Um, the one thing to really take away before... Uh, before we talk about the weapons and updates to class or whatever, is that there are no changes to artifacts. Scories. Sorry. Uh, There are no changes to artifacts at all. They did mention at the end of, or when they were talking about in the TWAB this week at Bungie, that they will be looking at addressing those in a future update. So. I think, can, can I say something on that real quick? I think mm-hmm. that um, part of that comes down to they've been working on this hotfix for a while. Cosmo tweeted about it back at Christmas saying they'd already been working on it for a while. They just wanted to get it right. And scories didn't really become a problem until the last month or two. Like everybody knew about it. Everybody knew about it as a strategy, but it didn't become the like go to trial strategy until the past month or two. So at that point, because they'd already been working on this hotfix for a while, I don't think they wanted to just do something extra they weren't already looking at and they want to just take it to another time. Plus it gives them another little bit of hype for destiny at a point where they can be like, Oh, we have a new hot fix this time. We have scories involved. I mean, here's the thing about scories scories rewards. And I put that in quote rewards you for getting your super and then that playing passively. And that drives people up a wall. If it's it is a viable strategy, and I know that it's a very powerful strategy because when you have your super, there's a lot more you can do. It's it's one hit kill from ranges that drives people up a wall, and 
you got to put, you're kind of exposing yourself and giving up strengths to play this strategy. So you got to learn your counters. The problem is that because of the way the maps are, you can easily hunker down in a, in a location and make it very, very difficult for anybody to take you out. And that drives people crazy in game modes such as Trials of Osiris, where you don't want to get bum-rushed by people with supers when they just stayed back and ate up all that time and basically gave their teammate a super. So I, I get the hate. I really do. But at the same time, I think it's more important to develop your own counters. And with regards to that type of super, I mean, firebolt grenades somebody, throw some axiom bolt darts, throw some skip grenades, lightning grenades, and you got the team pretty much, no matter what corner they choose, in a very bad position, and they can't do much. I, I think it's more important that, that counters are developed. and not nerf the artifact to the ground because it's a very strong artifact. So well, that's just me. Hopefully they'll only nerf it in PVP not PVE. I mean, I, I, if anything, I think it does need a little bit of a buff in PVE. Yeah. But that's just me. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. David, why don't you go ahead and bring up shotguns? So for shotguns, uh, we saw some interesting changes and you... Mm, it's not a big nerf, which is good because we didn't want to see them nerfed into the ground, but it's it's interesting what they did. They significantly decreased magnetism and aim assist when firing from the hip. So now you got to aim down sights, which is fine. Um, they decreased in-air accuracy, which is the thing that has people kind of most confused because of the way this game's playing right now. They removed precision damage from shotguns, excluding the chaperone and universal remote when you're aimed down sights. They didn't mention Lord of Wolves for the exotic shotguns. They gave a 20% buff to shotgun damage in PvE again. They increased ADS time for the rangefinder perk on shotguns by 25%. And then they removed the movement decrease for using shotguns that was implemented when it was back at Taking King they implemented it, which is kind of their counter to the nerfs, but is also an interesting change because you essentially just made it so you can get closer to people with shotguns even faster, but they didn't they didn't change the range at which shotguns can kill. Right. I mean, if anything, what the nerf tells me is that they had way too the, the shotguns themselves for being something that can blow something away up close really, really quickly. It had too many strengths that were under the hood. I mean, w when you're looking at when you were looking at the the hotfix stream that Bungie had, he still got a lot of in air kills. Granted, the targets were standing still, but at a similar range, you should be able to blow away the same people without getting those special perks. The in air aim assist. The ability to blow somebody away easily uh, because you fired. I mean, there are situations where when the guy was moving, the spread part of it hit him, part of it didn't. So I I, I think that it, it was actually done pretty well per 
for what I've seen on the stream, I don't think the shotguns got nerfed to the ground. I think that they're just tweaked properly. It, it's kind of weird still that that precision. There's no precision damage, and I, I don't mean that. I don't think that it shouldn't have had a takeaway. I, if anything, I do think it should have been taken away because it, it procs too easily. Sometimes it just seems weird when you put a gun to somebody's head that it doesn't kill them. But well, it's neither here nor there. With the precision, I'm just damage, talking about from a design. I'm just talking about from a design, not not so much the actual. Like, if I'm putting a, a gun to somebody's head in real life, they're gonna die. Right. Right. No, with the precision damage thing, I like that because. Most of the time, you're not really being precise to get precision damage with a shotgun. You just happen to be above the person or um, aimed towards their upper chest and half your bullets are precision damage, which makes it so you can kill someone from a little bit farther. So in a way, they did decrease the range at which shotguns kill without without saying they do. And they kind of took out that really annoying play where people just jump above you and shotgun down and can easily kill you from uh, insane heights because of precision damage, which is good. Um, and it kind of changes how shotguns are going to be played. Essentially, they're making it so they want you to play shotguns on the ground, which is cool. But like I said before, the way this game plays, it's very, very in-air based. So they're kind of taking away shotguns as that main in-air thing. Um, I think it's the special ammo buff which we'll talk or nerf which we'll talk about in a little bit that is really going to affect shotguns most i mean f f here's the problem that i see with the shotgun nerf because and there's a lot of good stuff here but my problem is this everything with regards to the nerf in addition to the special ammo stuff i'm kind of touching on it but i'm not well again we'll discuss that later Everything with regards to the shotguns and, and balancing them is based on one specific class of shotgun. The Matador Fell Winters Conspiracy Theory um, Party Crasher archetype that messes everything up. It, 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 I don't understand why rather than making blanket changes with regards to everything, they tune that class either reduce the impact or some they have to do something with that class because it seems like everything with regards to special ammo is dictated by that high impact class and it just doesn't make sense right now that's a very good point because if you look at it they always touch all of shotguns but when they go to other gun types especially like with this one they, they touch very specific types of auto rifles and pulse rifles and it's like why don't you just do that for shotguns like obviously the other types of shotguns weren't a problem because they they never get used because there's no point to use them there's no point to use a shotgun that's going to eat up your ammo faster and make it so you can't get kills from as far there needs to be some trade-off to it and right now there isn't a trade-off to it at all I don't know if it would be making it so somehow you increase the range on low impact shotguns so they can shoot further but don't do as much damage and then make the high impact shotguns actually have way less range but they get those one hit kills very consistently. Um, but they do need to do something to change the archetypes because right now they only have one type of shotgun being used and it seems like they've tried to make it so they don't just have one archetype of gun being used in each type besides 
hand cannons, but they were very serious about making it so you could use all types of sniper rifles. So I, I don't understand why they don't make it so you can use all type of shotguns. Right. I mean, that's pretty, that's been pretty much it with regards to shotguns. Uh, I think we've, we've touched on shotguns in many, 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 many shows and how it affects the game. So I, I don't think we need to go into super detail here. Um, go ahead and talk about or bring up pulse rifles. Yeah. So for, for pulse rifles, um, we only saw changes to two classes of pulse rifles, which is all we really need to see. The pulse rifles are in a decently good spot, but they did reduce the rate of fire for low impact pulse rifles. That's the clever dragon, dragon and grasp of Malak type by 7.7% or, or one frame. Um, pulse rifles across the board did have their flinch that they give out reduced and high caliber rounds are not as effective on pulse rifles. Um, they increased the fire rate of high impact false pulse rifles by 5.3%. And the in-air accuracy of pulse rifles was increased. So basically they're trying to make it so you can use those high impact pulse rifles. And on stream, um, it did look like they were able to two burst even the highest armor um, Titan with the high impact pulse rifles again. Yep, and just so that everybody's aware of what's going on, um, let's go ahead and go through the different arch the different archetypes. There's four different archetypes for pulse rifles. You have your highest rate of fire, which is the Waltz, Grasp of Malak, and Clever Dragon. You have the high rate of fire, which are your Hawksaws, your Blind Perditions, and your Suros PDX-45. You have your mid-rate of fire pulse rifles, which is Nerwin's Mercy, Red Death, and Hopscotch Pilgrim. And then you have your low rate of fire, which are your Spare Change, your Ludmilla D, and your Parthian Shot. The low rate of fire ones are the ones that can two-burst somebody, um, provided that you have either the correct perks or the armor is at a, a low enough level or you are very accurate. It's every headshot except for one in those two bursts. Right. So, uh, with the pulse rifles, again, there are two things that, that they didn't address, which are, I believe are very, very important, because, yes, they did reduce the... One thing that wasn't mentioned in this uh, thing, by the way, just so that you're aware, all these notes that we're getting... We got them from Planet Destiny, just to make sure that everybody is, is fully on aware. They still have not released the patch notes, so we don't have the absolute exact. list of everything of what's going on. So we have to wait for Tuesday. Um, but with regards to the problem with Pulse Rifles, there's two things. The highest rate of fire, the Waltz, Grasp of Malak, and Clever Dragon, can still hit you from East Jablip. So they're still going to be very effective at range. They're going to compete with scout rifles, which is a problem. Yeah, These, the, that's the it, biggest problem the I have with this. Yeah, I, I mean, all this stuff, don't get me wrong, flinch is a problem. But what's always been the problem with regards to Clever Dragon and, and Grasp of Malak, and in some cases, Waltz? You can hit somebody from a range that, that shouldn't, be, shouldn't be happening. If I can outgun a Mita multi-tool at, at a very 
very good range. That's a problem. If if you are in scout rifle range, my gun should theoretically have an advantage. There's no advantage. You you aim at somebody's head, they 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 start freaking out because they're like, well, where's the guy coming from? And then they're dead. There's no way to, to it's it's I don't understand why they don't mess or not mess around. That's not the correct term. I don't understand why they don't adjust the damage drop off with pulse rifles with regards to the different archetypes like they do with hand cannons. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. That being it, said, I, I want to wait until we actually play uh, with this new, with everything uh, enacted because it, they are lowering the fire rate for, you know, the, the big offenders, clever dragon, grass Malak and, uh, that combined with the reduced flinch, that that may be good enough to make the Midas and the Scout rifles uh, much more effective. But yeah, it doesn't make sense to me why they didn't reduce that range. It's very baffling. Well, the thing well, is, um, with the range thing, they keep saying that like it's supposed to be like hand cannons at the shortest, then auto rifles, then pulse rifles, then scouts. But that that's still forever. I've said this a hundred times. It won't make sense to me that that you just group them like that because it, to me, the lowest rate of fire pulse rifles should be like a scout rifle in range. The highest mm-hmm. rate of fire pulse rifle should be like a hand cannon. There's no point in giving someone who has a clever dragon the ability to shoot someone across the map, especially with the sizes of maps at certain points it's it's not the close quarter maps that this is happening it's the big maps that this is happening on and the big sniper lanes when i'm sitting on a map right now with the way the meta is now when i'm very far away and i'm using a scout rifle i'm using a sniper and someone starts shooting me with a pulse rifle from super far away it's not the flinch i'm complaining about it's the fact that they're actually hitting me and still able to three burst me across the entire map that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The damage drop off should be huge, huge on those high impact or high rate of fire pulse rifles. It shouldn't be as minimal as it is. It just it doesn't make sense with game design to give someone who is using a pulse rifle that gets off three bursts in the time that a higher impact pulse rifle gets off one burst to have the same range. It makes absolutely no sense. Triggered. I'm not saying that it should be like like how it is right now with hand cannons where you will miss shots. I just want them to address more the damage drop off statistic on the guns. That's what that's what's always concerned. Like hand cannons, if I'm aiming and I hit you, I don't care how long it is, it should hit. Now, the damage, if I'm at a super far range and I shoot you and I hit you, the damage, there should be massive drop-off. Like, let's say I'm, I'm in scout rifle range, and I aim at you, and I'm clearly aiming at you, and I shoot you, and it does 12 damage to the head because I decided to be in scout rifle range. I understand that. I just want my bullets to hit. Yeah, no, that bullets makes should perfect be sense. That makes perfect the, sense. The, the bullets should be hitting, but with regards to pulse rate, like, like these fa- the fastest fire rate, first off, they should at first they should allow these these guns to be able to get full auto. Second off, they should be, they should be perfect in auto rifle range. I don't understand the whole three burst from East Jablip 
take somebody out and and and, and you can't react to it sometimes it, it just doesn't make sense it, it, it's frustrating when you have the appropriate gun for the appropriate range and you're still getting gunned gunned down from an absurd range and they still haven't addressed that in addition to that a, another minor thing that people kind of are with regards to high caliber round being not as effective, I don't under the, the other thing I don't understand is why rather than nerfing the perk for that archetype, they made it so that flinch is dictated by the range. And what I mean by that it is is this: if you're in the appropriate range, the it's still going to make you bounce all up and down. If you're not in the appropriate range, then the amount of flinch is reduced because of the range. I think the answer for that is because they continue to show us that they don't know how to balance range. They kind of got to it with hand cannons this time, kind of, but they only did it to hand cannons. They need to balance range more effectively. And right now, I just think they they either don't know, don't want to, or are just waiting because of their system for updating the game they just can't do it effectively but they just need a better way to balance range going forward in the future mm -hmm. all right so let's go ahead and go to auto rifles so for auto rifles um we have the high rate of fire auto rifles the unbent tree doctrine of passing um, hex caster and then we have the middle rate of fire which were Basically untouched, the Hackens Hatchet, Vision of Stone, Red Spectre, Low Rate of Fire, which is Shadow Price, Grim Citizen, and Genesis Change, Suros. Those got the biggest touch. We saw an increased base damage of the Low Rate of Fire archetype, um, which was looked pretty hefty on the stream. Then there's an increased critical multiplier for all auto rifles, which went from 1.25 to 1.3. And they saw their in-air accuracy increased. The combination of the base damage increase in the low rate of fire archetype with the critical multiplier, it was what, like 38s to the head or 36s to the head? I think it was 36s to the head with focus fire, Soros. Yeah, so that's going to be, that'll be good, I think. But I mean, granted, the last time they did one of these streams, Soros looked like it was going to be god tier and it's not. But I'm hoping that auto rifles get some play now. I said that before we saw any of these updates and I like auto rifle play. It's fun. It's fast. So I'm hoping they do get some play here with these updates. I still don't know if this is enough. And and I'm not sure exactly. It's hard to judge a, an, a hotfix or an update without it being in front of you, which it will be in, on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. We're currently uh, recording on Sunday, the twelfth. So it's it's really hard to state whether or not it's going to be effective, because we've seen streams before. For example, oh my God, Dreg's promise looks amazing. Um, anyway, uh, so I think that it's good that there's going to be other options for Crucible, an auto rifle isn't going to be looked down as useless. I mean, for example, the if you have Suros, it's going to do six to the dome and you're dead. Or, no, wait, yeah, about five to six shots to the head and your target should be dead. So that's strong. 
but I just wonder if I wonder if it's going to get outshadowed by pulse rifles and and hand cannons. And at, at a certain point, people are just kind of stuck to their ways. They kind of like their guns and they like where where it goes. But I'm not sure if this is enough of a change to get auto rifles fully there. The middle rate of fire uh, auto rifles, I think, should have been touched a little bit more. And I'm kind of sad that they're not because they they occupy a weird spot. You either want the bullet hoses to just mow somebody down. And if you have the an, a, a bullet hose with counterbalance, that's pretty much all you need to just bring somebody down quickly now. Especially with the update to the critical damage. You're going to kill somebody very, very quickly. At a, at, at a close range. And then you have your low rate of fires, which kind of occupy the middle ground, the the, the middle to far range. So, you, I mean, you, it's this mid rate of fire auto rifles, which are kind of hard to, to get anyway right now. You only have the Vision Stone and you have Red Spectre, which you can get from classic PvP, if I'm not mistaken. So, I think you can I'm get it sure. anywhere now. I think it was like the IS Luna that they brought it to. Normal crucible. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just it, they're in a weird spot, and it's it's really hard to figure out exactly what they needed to do. Whether they needed to buff the damage up or or what, I'm I'm not sure. I I just think that auto rifles until we get our hands on it, it's hard to really judge. But based on what we see, it's good. I just don't know if it's enough. Right, and I I think it was one or two weeks ago where I said this. Um. There still just comes to be a fundamental problem with auto rifles where when they're trying to balance them, they're balancing them with their ideal kill time, which isn't how auto rifles should be balanced because an ideal kill time for auto rifles isn't six bullets because you're almost never going to hit six bullets to someone's head straight in a row because people don't stand still in this game. Auto rifles need to have their kill time balanced based on the fact that it's going to take eight or nine bullets to hit. And that's the only real way to get them in line with hand cannons and scout rifles and pulse rifles. And because this, I don't think these damage increases, like you said, did enough. I don't think they will be the top of the meta. I think you can use them. I think you can have fun with them, but I don't think it's going to be something you really want to lean towards in, in game modes like trials. Of course, we haven't played with it yet, so I could be very wrong. They could play super well, but uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how they play. Um, same same opinion from me. These changes aren't convincing. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I have high hopes for the low rate of fire, but again, in the past, like you said, we had high hopes and we were disappointed, so... Um, it would be cool to go into trials and see a bunch of people exploding into flames because they're getting killed by Genesis Chain, but I just don't think it's going <laughs> to happen. All right, David, go ahead and talk about your babies. Ah, the hand cannons. Yes. So hand cannons, I don't know if this is supposed to be a nerf, but it's kind of acting like a nerf. Um, they significantly, significantly increased initial shot accuracy that's a buff it's back to year one levels um and you could see it in the stream when you, they aimed on someone they hit someone on the first shot they reduced base range by five meters 
I don't mind that. I said they should do that. I think hand cannons should be a very up-close gun. Um, they reduced max range damage reduction from 50% to 33%. Um, in the stream, as people were backing away, you could see the damage drop off pretty pretty heavily. Um, but like like we said, they were still hitting. They were hitting when they were taking the shots, even from um, across the map, essentially, on Bannerfall. They were still able to hit people. They were getting like 12 damage, but they were able to hit people. The problem is they ignored Bloom. It's still there. If anything, I think they, they might have said it's a little higher now um, in the, when they were actually streaming. But that's not how it should be, in my opinion. In my opinion, if you aim on someone, you should hit them. The amount of time they were taking on the stream to reset their shot so that they would hit again for sure without bloom coming into effect was just stupid. You're never going to take that long in a game situation because you'll be dead no matter what gun people are. They could be using the worst gun in the game and you will be dead if you take as long to shoot as people were taking to shoot with their hand cannons. It's stupid. Bloom should not be there. If you aim on someone, you should hit them. What they need to do if they want want it to be harder to use hand cannons to shoot multiple times pump up that recoil make that recoil pattern insane that way it does take a a skilled hand to aim consistently if you think about it it takes a skilled hand to aim consistently with some auto rifles because of the recoil that comes off them but they're not giving auto rifles bloom they need to just pump up recoil on hand cannons and completely remove bloom. Until they use that, they're making hand cannons just stupid because it relies off RNG as to whether your bullets after that first one are going to hit. Yeah, I mean, they, they have an entire statistic stability on hand cannons that goes mostly ignored, uh, ignored by most people. Like if if they had a, a a stat on a hand cannon that people don't even pay attention to, it's definitely the stability for the most part. Like they'll they'll aim, they'll choose the range, they'll choose reload, they'll choose um, a, anything else. But it, it, income stability is like nope, I don't need that. And then you have all these perks like perfect balance or hand laid stock, which go completely ignored by the community. And I think that making it so that stability is a more important perk on hand cannons would go a long way to making hand cannons more balanced. I don't... Bloom is such a weird thing because I get what they're trying to do, but in real world, in in-game, it just makes for a frustrating experience because you could be... You could have waited a, a, a good amount of time and it just... It's still that ghost bullet. I do, we again, maybe they did some additional tweaking to remove ghost bullets. I just hope that beyond the first shot, that they make hand cannons more accurate. You almost said it. You almost said the real world example, which is very true. And I'd like to mention that real quick because it's it's something that's always been there with video games that has always bugged me, and some haven't had it like. Like old Halo games, you could no scope with sniper rifles very consistently. But then in recent years with games like Call of Duty with Destiny, you have this thing where they have this hip fire spread um, because they they want you to be more accurate aiming down sights. But it's basically like 
you'll take a sniper rifle or in Destiny it happens with hand cannons and you'll aim at someone. And with no scoping with with snipers is where it happens. But the bullet essentially like travels at an angle from a barrel of a gun, which makes no sense whatsoever because a bullet will go in a straight line from where that barrel is aimed, which is why Bloom makes no sense. When you are aimed at someone with a hand cannon, the bullet should travel in a straight line. It should not go off in this cone, coned direction based on how fast you're pulling the trigger. They're not only making stability irrelevant, they're making rate of fire irrelevant. Because you have these high rate of fire and medium high rate of fire hand cannons that are not being used whatsoever because there's no point to use them if you try and use their rate of fire it takes a bloom to a whole new level and you can't hit anything it's stupid it's the opposite of what they're doing with pulse rifles where the highest rate of fires are still the most relevant because they're they're making it so you can't use those hand cannons to their max potential which is something you should never do to guns in your game you should never make it so you can't use them how they're supposed to be used yeah, I, I was going to mention the high rate of fire hand cannons because I had high hopes for these um, and I have a couple saved in my vault right now. Um, I guess they're going to stay in the vault because I have very little hope that they're going to be good now. All right. Um, scout rifles. <laughs> so for scout rifles, we had some huge changes. Their in-air accuracy was increased. Woohoo! That's actually not a bad thing for uh, Mida multi-tool or the the faster fire rate scout rifles. Which again, I'm surprised they didn't do anything with those. The the faster fire rates. I, I it's. I I think they're in a good spot. I will disagree it, but, with you here. I think they're in a great spot balance wise. I think things were just better than them and the fact that some things are being brought down um makes them more playable thing it was basically just the fact that a high rate of fire um pulse rifle was a scout rifle that made them so you didn't want to use them but i still love using mida i'm not talking about mida multi-tool you're talking about like inward lamps and uh-huh. nl shadows stuff like that yep yeah no those this hopefully will be a little bit better because I like my I have my old inward lamp still. I use it occasionally. I would love for that thing to be good. Indeed. I mean, it's good, but effective, I guess is a better term. All right. Let's talk about the gigantic change that's happening. The crucible. OK, so uh, one thing I will say before um, I do this fusion rifles, sniper rifles and sidearms technically saw no changes. But mm-hmm. special ammo is getting some huge changes, which hurts sniper rifles and fusion rifles because you can't have a destiny patch without a fusion rifle nerf. Right. Players now start matches with special ammo, but lose it after each death. Special crates will now spawn every 60 seconds. They reduce the radius for special ammo pickup from 100 meters to 75 meters which is still like half the map for most maps. And players only start with special on the first round of elimination. It will disappear after the first round, so there's no snowball effect of teams picking it up. Um, we, I don't think we know exactly when it's going to spawn 
everybody's assuming it will still spawn at 15 seconds. Was it wait? No, 30 seconds into the round of elimination. Um, so potentially we'll see people still playing super slow, potentially just using scory as they wait for special. Um, sidearms are unaffected. They affected. They will still spawn you with special ammo each time. That's basically their way of getting them into the meta. And Invective and Icebreaker are unchanged. They will still spawn ammo as they do right now. I'm just surprised that they didn't just go and just make it so that there's no special ammo at the start of Elimination. Because it seems weird to have ammo in the first uh, round and then go to absolutely nothing in, in the... In the second, third, fourth round. I think they were afraid that people know. like wouldn't be doing anything until special was up if they did that. It would... But I mean, they're going to be doing that in the second, third, and fourth round anyway. Yeah. So what I yes. would have liked to see, um, and this is kind of contrary to anything they've done for elimination, I think they should get everybody two shots of special ammo if you're using a sniper rifle or shotgun, and then normal if you're using... Um, a sidearm, I guess with fusion rifles, you can give them two shots as well, because then you only have with each person two one shot kills. So there's no way for one person to essentially one shot kill everybody in the other team. And you just take out special crates that limits the special ammo that can be used in trials. It makes it so that um, each person only has a limited amount. So you kind of have to play with strategy with that. Um, there's no camping for special ammo because special ammo isn't going to spawn. There's no waiting out around to get more special ammo because special ammo won't spawn. And it makes it so sidearms do have that slight advantage because they can get more kills than other um, special, essentially. So it brings them into the meta. And it just makes it so after you use it, there's primary gunplay to happen. People just won't wait for special ammo. It is, it is like you said, weird to me that you get it in the first round and not the other rounds. And I honestly just think it's going to become even slower than it is because people want to play with special in trials. They want to win. So they sit in the back with a sniper rifle. And the only way for them to do that is to wait for special with their scores. So, so, you, so you, your your version of elimination would be everybody starts off with three and every round two. It, it resets to three. Two. And then every round two. it resets to or two. I mean, that, that'd be an interesting change. I, I did. I don't see it happening. Me either, but it'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the real problem with special ammo was, this is my opinion, and I've, I've brought it up on, on the show many times. I just think that you get too many per box. And I think every box, anytime you get a box, you should get only two shots. What, what, what I see happening a lot of times is the second special comes out as it currently is, They'll rush, get the one box. They'll rush, get the second box. All of a sudden, they have 16, 17 shots. And if you're a sniper, you can just chill in the back and just peg people off. Like, bam, you're dead. Bam, you're dead. Bam, you're dead. And they just keep waiting it out, firing a couple shots. Oh, special's back up. Go back and get more shots. Well, that's the and thing with shotguns versus snipers. I'll just chime in real quick, and then you can go back. Um Shotguns, you end up with like 20-something versus snipers. I think the max you can get right now is 17. Yep. Uh, I just think that, that there's too much ammo. And I know that sounds weird, especially when people play 6v6. But I just think the way people move around and the way that boxes come up and the amount of boxes, you can easily max out your, your ammo real quick if you play 
smart. If you're rushing around and you're rushing towards people and you're you're just shotgunning them to death, you you run the risk of missing out on boxes. So I'm that's how I mean that that's kind of balanced right there. I just think that because you got so much ammo from per box, it just led to a situation where you can easily where you can do that rush towards somebody and just and, and take them out with your shotgun. And again, I think that this issue with the special ammo is more due to one archetype of shotgun. It's that high impact. Because sniper rifles are in a pretty good spot. I mean, there are some situations where I still think it's weird that I could be shooting somebody and then all of a sudden, bam, they take me out with one sniper shot to the head. I, I thought there was supposed to be some level of flinch when I'm shooting at somebody, but... and. I, I just I, I see it happening a lot. It's kind of annoying, but that's something for another time. I honestly believe that the problems with special ammo that we're running to is twofold. There's too much ammo that you get from a box, and this is all these changes are due to an archetype of a shark shotgun. And rather than balancing that, they were just like, we're not sure. This is an old uh, old engine. We're gonna wait for the new engine. So we're gonna do this instead. Let me note that you almost said shark gun, which would be awesome. I, yes, a shark gun. All of a sudden, does it create sharknados? And, and jaws come <laughs> shark nado gun on you. Yeah, I, 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 Tara I, I Reed don't... is the new voice of the ghost confirmed. Oh God! <laughs> oh Lord! I, I, I don't think that the the special ammo change is entirely appropriate. I just think that it's a way to. It's a bandage to take care of the issue with uh, high impact shotguns. They're trying to get primaries to be used more. A little. This is I apparently it, their way to do it. They're getting primaries to be used by making it so you don't have the ability to use special ammo. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's one way to do it. It is mainly affecting the shotguns, though, because the shotgun warriors that run in there and die are the people who will lose their special ammo the most versus someone who camps in the back of the sniper rifle and is able to use all their special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It definitely rewards you for not not dying, but that reward is a is really, really big. It, it's it's an it's a very powerful thing to have special ammo and your opponent not have any. Yeah, and it hurts the fusion rifle players for no reason. The people who are in there, decently in there with their fusion rifles, but not pushing super hard, who now, if they just so happen to die, no longer have their awesome fusion rifle ammo. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about class changes. Yeah, so some class changes we saw. I'm just going to go through all of them right now. Um, Hunter, for some reason, saw changes to Hungering Blade for Blade Dancer, which now immediately grants a chunk of health instead of regenerating health and will go into shields with the, the amount it's healing, but it won't heal shields if all you have lost is shield. Um, if that makes sense. Throwing knife now does solar damage, which is, you know, that's awesome. That's cool. It, it helps for challenges and stuff. Um, blink is being adjusted. This will affect the warlock blink as well, but we really don't know what the change is. Um, Warlock saw reduced Stormcaller melee range. It's uh, now normalized with a Warlock melee range 
but we don't know what the um, amplitude perk, the one that extends the range, will do. Um, landfall now reduces your total time in storm trance. Blink is being adjusted, as we as I said before. Um, Titan Juggernaut now disables quicker in midair and cannot be activated in midair. But that's, I don't think that's really going to affect anything for people who are good at Titan skating because they know how to get down on the ground and get that going again quickly. Um, our exotics, um, Universal Remote, the precision damage is only active when aiming down sights, as we said earlier in the podcast. And then we know there are some changes coming to Truth, Shinobu's Vow, and Young Wolf's Hollow. Howl. We just don't know what. Hull. Hull. We just don't know oh. what they are. I think they're going to make it so that Young Wolf's Hollow. It currently, uh, every time you use the R2, it takes 10 ammo, which is a lot for a sword. Right. R2. Right, right. I think they're going to bring it down to five and that allows people to do um, that, that, that burn, the, the Viking funeral burn to do extra damage. They'll make it so that when you're doing uh, wrath, everybody just has one person using young wolf's hollow over and over while else spins with their dark drinkers. I mean, possibly. Yes, but I, I, I still, I, I don't know. I think it's more advantageous to have everybody with with uh, Dark Trigger, but we can we'll let see. Dado test that one for us. Oh God! Send him an e- send him an email. He'll do it. You know he will. Oh, he will. Oh my God! These numbers are so sexy. I just need to find out the DPS that I'm going to do to that ass. <laughs> anyway, um, with regards to Hungering Blade, I know there's a lot of people that are confused about it. I think. I think it was a very strong perk. The, the the perk that doesn't that isn't here that continues to baffle me that they still haven't fixed it appropriately is the backstab. I mean, it's already getting banned in sweats. But right, they haven't but so made are it to- bubbles. Bubbles are banned in sweats. Mm-hmm. Variations of the bubble setup are banned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think taking this from someone who used to play um Call of Duty uh semi professionally yeah yeah big deal um shut the hell up the things that get banned in competitive play should not determine how the game is balanced because things get banned in competitive play just because they're the thing that people think are annoying when you play it's not because they're truly overpowered yes they're usually good but they're not truly overpowered I don't think the backstab is truly overpowered. Uh, They did their best to change it, making it so you can't kill someone from the front. It still happens from the side and like kind of side to front occasionally. That's and that's the right. I'm talking about, but there's no I don't think there's a way for them to fix it. I think that's just the game having problems with latency and hitbox and stuff. And it's still the perk. You have to choose that perk over other things. You still have to hit someone from majorly from behind. That person still has to be standing there near you for you to hit them. The range with blink isn't that great. And or the blink strike isn't that great. And I don't see a problem with it. I don't even see a reason why it should be banned. Um, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I don't understand the the nerf to anything Blade Dancer because Blade Dancer in my opinion and most people's opinion is currently the weakest um hunter subclass excluding 
Shinobu's vow skip grenades. So with Hungering Blade, I, I get why they made that change. It's it's a very Hungering Blade with Blade Dancer activated. The actual super is very very strong. Uh, you could you be, you could be gunning down a Blade Dance from from an insane distance, and then they swipe at you, and all of a sudden they have sixty percent of their health back within a second, and then it makes it difficult for the second person to finish off the the, the tab. It's almost like when you have a warlock rushing at you and he slaps you and all of a sudden he has this overshield and I get it. It's a super. It's supposed to be a super and it's supposed to be strong, but giving you chunks of health, let's say it's like, let's say 33% of your health back. I mean, that seems like a reasonable middle ground. I know people are like that, 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 it's like, oh, why are you going to nerf Hungering Blade? That that doesn't seem like something that needed to get nerfed. It was a very, very strong perk. Almost too strong. And I think that it should reward you for killing multiple people or multiple enemies in, a, in an area to get all your health back rather than just getting all your health back by one kill. See, I wholeheartedly disagree for a couple of reasons. First off, you don't get any shields back. You're only getting your health back. And your health isn't that strong. So if you're being shot consistently, you'll still die very fast in Blade Dancer. Secondly, Hungering Blade is only strong if you're playing a team of people who aren't working together in any way. If you run into a room and there's more than two people there or two people there who are paying attention, you're going to get melted as a Blade Dancer. You're not going to be able to get one kill. Blade Dancer only works when you hop in on a group of two or three or four people who aren't paying attention. As soon as two people or more are team shotting you, you're going to die almost instantaneously as a Blade Dancer, which is why I think Hungering Blade was a good perk because it made it so it gave you a chance against team shots. But now you essentially have no chance against team shots as a Blade Dancer, which doesn't make sense because they didn't touch the perk on um, Hammer Titans, which Hammer Titans aren't that good, but they didn't touch the perk that revives health on a hammer titan and let me tell you when i play hammer titan and i use that perk i can run into a room and drop four or five people very easily because i have that perk active they didn't touch it so why'd they touch hungering blade because well the, the perk you're talking about is cauterize but they did nerf cauterize so it's not as easily activated i mean you, you still have to wait a couple seconds before cauterize is active again or, or able to be used I do think that they should have made it kind of like Hunger and Blade, personally, where every kill gets you a, a certain percentage of your health back. I don't like this where you automatically get all your health back or automatically get all of your shields or whatever. I, I've never liked that. I, 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 can, I can appreciate getting chunks of health back per kill. That makes sense to me. But getting all of your health back, and on top of that, just the speed that you get your health back, I've always had a problem with. But Hungering so, Blade doesn't instantly give you all your health back. It gave you, I mean, it gave you all your health you bar back and then it started shield regeneration. But if you got hit at all, your shield regeneration stopped, which is why team shotting still, still destroyed it. And I just think it's it, it just team. Sh but you, but here's this again, team. Sh I get team shots, but, and but you can use that on, you can use that, that, that stat on anything. If you team shot somebody, chances are they're going to go down quickly if they have a super. A Heimer Titan, a Warlock, a Warlock Stormcaller, all that. I, I get where you're coming from. I get that. 
it's still a very strong to, to anytime you your health goes back like that and and I'm not talking about all of it uh, within a within half a second you have 60% 70% of your health from one kill that's a very strong perk and I get why you're mentioning it's like the team shots and team shot you can use that on anything Right, because it's a team I just game. Think you it's... can use it on anything. And every other super gets team shot and destroyed, and they don't say anything about. But then they nerf what is technically the weakest super for hunters because team shotting was still able to kill it. So they make it so team shotting can kill it even easier. That just, it doesn't make sense. It, 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 it it's, it's very, very strong. And the amount of movement that it has left and right... I, I get that. Yes, you had you had have to swing or whatever and waste your super, but it it's very very strong. And I, in certain situations, I get it why you would want to have all your health back quickly. I just think that it was too strong. I, it, it, this is my opinion. I I know it's not a popular opinion, but I think that it was too strong at times, and it just led to situations where. It almost felt like the warlock melee where you would get your your armor or your your shield back. That overshield, that really ridiculous overshield. Mm-hmm. But the overshield is instantaneous and it's an entire health bar. This one it still isn't an entire. It wasn't ever an entire health bar instantaneously. And I don't know. It's to me. I I've always played Blade Dancer a lot since year one. Um, I played it the most in year one. Then I kind of switched. Um, to Night Stalker for a while, then I kind of hop between all three, but I use it on Blade Dancer because it's the best of the three because the other two choices in that category aren't that strong at all. They don't really do much to help you. And it makes it so, I don't know, you have a fighting chance against team shots, like I've been saying, which are the biggest part of Destiny if you're playing the game right. And the fact that they're now taking that away from Blade Dancers, making Blade Dancers even more worse i mean I, we can argue on this all day We're, neither of us are going to change our opinions but it just it will make no sense to me for the end of time why they changed this um so they did make that one change that i did mention a while ago with regards to throwing knives it, it never made sense why all the other melees would be able to do their class specific damage now that throwing knives do solar damage without having to activate the perk that's always that's I mean, I know it sounds silly, but it makes certain PVE activities uh, better. Solar burn. And I mean, uh, all the other nerfs, I'm looking at them. The only one that seems weird is the landfall one. I, I don't think that's weird. I mean, landfall is pretty powerful if you use it right. It's a it's a really powerful blast down in the ground when you're floating above people. So, yeah, it should take a little bit extra super when you use it. I agree. It was it was basically there was no no bad part of using it. There is no, no downside. But it's let's wait to see how much it reduces and then right. and then make a a more, you know, uh informed comment on it. I, I don't think it's gonna be a huge reduction in the total time in storm trance, but I agree that it should reduce the time in storm trance. So I have no problem with that. I'm most curious about their adjustments to blink because when I'm running my warlock and my hunter, 
obviously Titan doesn't have blank. Um, the uh, I, I don't I don't know what they would want to do with blank. I don't see any issues with blank right now. I don't think it's overpowered. I'm sort of curious um, what they're going to do with blank. It looks hopefully like it's not a nerf. The vi- but. Per the video, it looked like they were able to immediately blink after another blink. Oh, so they're reducing the the back-to-back cooldown? I think they may be changing <laughs> some of the nerfs that they did to blink, because it, it... My hope... It, it's They hit blink really, really hard. My hope is all they do, because it yeah. feels fine to me right now, speed-wise and stuff. My hope is all they do is they give you back that little bit of recovery that they take down, because yeah. I've never understood why they did that, but... Who knows? Oh, full disclosure, I was on a work trip this week. I did not get a chance to watch that uh, that live stream. So. <laughs> you you really didn't miss much, to be honest. A, a lot of the stuff that was mentioned here and in, in, on the notes, but... It basically uh, just took them an, an hour to say the notes of what happened. Yeah. Right. No, that's fun. Okay, so what about Hunter? Let me go back to Hunter. Um, I don't know if we danced around this on purpose, uh, but no mention of trip mines. Uh, they just uh, didn't touch them. I think they think the nerfs they did to them are good. So I disagree. Gonna stay. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't see anything. The only the only change I would make. There's two changes I would make with regards to grenades. Um, that I, I hope that they address soon. Sticky grenades, uh, if anything, they should have followed what the trip mines were for hunters, where it had no aim assist. It wouldn't, like, whoop all around the corner and then stick on you. I never understood why that, that thing had, like, it, you, you, it, he could be throwing it off to your right and all of a sudden just sticks on you. That that curve. I, I never understood that. The The... the the hunter trip mine made sense. Like if I threw it in a straight line and it touched you because it went in a straight line instead of going around the corner, it would kill you. Makes sense. The other one's just the fact that there's magnetism makes no sense to me. Well, there's and then the, the other Titan. Thing, the Titan grenade has magnetism specifically. The, so the the well, you got the the magnetism for the defender. You have magnetism for the uh, the the. I forget the name of the, the, the fusion grenade. grenade. Fusion. fusion grenade. There you go for warlocks and titans. The difference. You have the, you have the magnetism for the uh, what is the the hunter arc blade one? I don't know. I don't think that one has it. Flux grenade. Uh, yes, flux. I don't think that one has as much though. Does it? It doesn't have as much magnetism. No, this, the warlock and the titan grenades are the worst offenders. I want to say the titan grenades are the wor- are the absolute worst offenders. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Isn't the name of the Titan grenade magnetic grenade? That's what I was referring to. The that grenade in particular, it sort of makes sense that it can almost you know get thrown past you and then come back and hit you because it's you know if it's a magnetic grenade, okay, yeah, you're wearing assumedly metal armor or some form of metal armor, yeah, okay, so it's got magnetism. That makes sense that it could be thrown away from you a little bit and then snap back on you, but. My, but here's the problem with these grenades, and 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 let me get to the second part that I would change. Okay. I don't think any grenade that 
Any grenade that, that can change direction and track you shouldn't have as much damage as it does now. Especially the uh, the skip grenades or, for example, fireball grenades. Well, fireball grenades are kind of in an okay spot, but you have... Those only do like 60 grenades. damage. But But you have all these different grenades that do so much... When they track you, the, the, the Axiom Bolt does about 160, 170 per hit. And it just tracks you. The dummy, the dumb grenades, the ones that you throw, and if you're in the area, I, I get why it does a lot of damage. But these tracking grenades, like it rewards you for not being accurate. It's just like, no, nope, here you go. Yeah. I, I, I never understood why something that tracks does so much damage. I get that you can use it to finish somebody off. Like, you're spraying them, and then all of a sudden you throw a grenade because they're running away. It tracks them and finishes them off. I get that. But the fact that it does about 150, 160 damage per grenade that can track you, or in the instance of the ones that stick to you, for example, the magnetic or the, or the fusion grenade, it's an instant kill. And you can, you can just throw it, and all of a sudden it takes a curve and kills you. I, I, that's, I don't know. It just seems very weird that, that you have that. Right. And we talked yeah. on all that in our speculation in the last week or two weeks ago. I don't, I don't remember when exactly. Yeah, we, we, we talked on all that. And I think at this point, um, we just had to accept that they didn't change it because for some reason they feel it's completely balanced, which maybe we'll see another balance in the future, near future, when they touch artifacts that touch those grenades. But who knows? Um, I agree with you 100%. I don't think tracking grenades should do as much damage at all, but um, we're stuck with it for now. So, mm. All right, so we did a good amount of talking about that hotfix. There's a lot of changes. It's hard to really say what the final verdict is going to be until it's in our hands. There's just some very questionable stuff that they touched. And stuff that they didn't touch. Um, so let's go ahead and just uh, talk about the last few things real quick. And then we'll go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Um, McFarlane Toys is heavily hinting at Destiny Figurines toys to be released in 2017. There's the New York Toy Fair on February 18th through the 21st. Uh, there are silhouettes. Uh, by the way, I will be putting the link for the McFarlane Toys in the show notes. Um, but there are silhouettes that show... Gallahorn, Lord Saladin, a Hunter in Year 2 Iron Banner outfit, a Titan in Vault of Glass outfit, and a Warlock in King's Fall outfit. In addition, they are teasing Gears of War, Ghost in the Shell, Labyrinth, and others. And actually, the way they tease Ghost in the Shell is there's an actual conch shell and a ghost coming out of it. It's a gif. Because the ghost is in the shell. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. 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 Uh, okay. Anyway, big laughter. All right. So then you got Fireteam Chat Podcast episode 100 uh, with approximately 60 images of concept art from the inception of Destiny as an idea. I highly recommend that you guys go, and we'll also include the link on the show notes, but I highly recommend that if you're interested in the history of Destiny, that you go and watch this show. Um, it's on IGN.com. Uh, the show had a lot of really cool images um, that some of them made the game, some of them didn't. For example, the Crota concept art actually looks really, really cool because you have the same 
setup that you currently have in game, but then Crota has an actual cape and it looks like there's skulls like souls in the cape that are staring at you. It may have been a memory constraint why they didn't put it in, but it looked really, really interesting, really, really cool. Um, then you have the different um, stuff for the Fallen and what the Cabal look like without their armor. I, I highly recommend that you guys go go watch that show. Uh, it was done by Chris Barrett and Deej, along with the Fire Team Chat um, podcast people. Cool show, well done. Very, very cool to see uh, the history in that game. Uh, beyond that, did you guys have anything else you wanted to bring up with regards to the show? Uh, not really. The toys um, uh, will be cool for people who like collecting those sort of things. And uh, I looked at the concept art and it is pretty awesome. So I definitely do encourage you to follow what Jorge said. Go check out those links. Check out the concept art. I wish some of it had been in the game. Maybe it will be in Destiny 2. Who knows? Yeah, I'm I, I'm a man child. I get excited for toys. So I was the one that found that and was like, woohoo. So I'm hoping there's some cool toys to buy and display on my shelves. And uh, yeah, those images are awesome. I like that stuff because it gets my imagination going. I'm like, what could have been? What should have been? What maybe could, may come down the line? You never know. So yeah, definitely go check out those images from the Fireteam Chat Podcast. All right. And with that, David, why don't you go ahead and wrap this bad boy up? Well, as always, we want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit, let you know we're available on a ton of platforms. So please make sure you're spreading the word. The best way to do this is to share In Orbit with others. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, and we also have an RSS feed. The links are available for available for each platforms right on the Mashos Buttons website at www.mashosbuttons.com. And make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. Make sure to check out the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. For any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details. And make sure to check us out on twitter.com forward slash MTB site, facebook.com forward slash mash those buttons, youtube.com forward slash mash those buttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me as always streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS Bolt, and on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt. And Jordan, where can people find you at? You can find me streaming on Twitch at IMTBot. And on Twitter at I am underscore Tbot. And as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, GoToNRG. Make sure that you guys are contacting the show with any questions to inorbitpodcasts at gmail.com. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances leads and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not have joys what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire show, David, Jordan, Jared, myself, 
We thank you for listening to our show, and as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. On Monday, February 13th, Jorge, David, and Jordan transmit in orbit. This week talking about Destiny 2's fall confirmation, Hotfix 2.5.0.2, and McFarlane Toys Destiny figures. On Tuesday, February 14th, Nick and Katie continue their quest to educate you on wild lore in The Torn and the Goblin. This week talking about monks, the pandaren, and Katie recaps Love is in the Air. On Wednesday, February 15th, Jarrett, Mikey, and Bond bring you the latest in Overwatch and its community on Watchpoint Radio. This week discussing the experience with the new Bastion and Roadhog changes, the state of McCree, and Doomfist hints. On Friday, February 17th, Mike, Rob, and Luke bring you SitRep Radio, bringing you the latest in the division and the state of the game. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule.